You're listening to Two Brain Radio. We make gyms profitable, getting you on track to making every day your perfect day. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf business tactics to help improve your gym, advance your fitness career, and move you closer to wealth. Get ready to start building your bigger and better business with your coach, best-selling fitness author of Two Brain Business, Grow Your Gym, and Health First, Chris Cooper. Before we get started today, I want to give you one last chance to sign up for the summit. Uh, this is not an ad. We are at 250 people already registered, which is very close to our sellout rate. But I don't want you to miss this. If this is something where you think you could get value from being among the largest affiliate gathering in the world, meeting other affiliates, working through exercises that will actually make your gym better instead of just hearing a whole bunch of lectures or reading my content then you're still welcome to attend, whether you're in the Two Brain family or not. So very briefly, here's what we're going to be doing this weekend, next weekend, June 2nd and 3rd in Niles, Illinois. The link to sign up will be in the show notes here. We're going to start with an explanation of the founder-farmer-tinker-thief model of entrepreneurship and, and maturation through the entrepreneurial life cycle. We're going to let you try and figure out where you are and exactly what action you need to take to get onto the next stage. Then uh, Jeff Burlingame is going to be introducing the new gold standard sales process that are being used by the top gyms in the world. And we're going to have a huge breakout interactive session there where you're doing some role playing. You're working through some problems that Jeff gives you. That's going to be a lot of fun. That action gets a lot of people over hurdles very, very quickly and immediately increases the profitability of their gym without even adding more members. Then Anastasia Bennett, who has traveled all the way from New Zealand to talk about retention, is going to do an hour session on the best practices and retention in the world for gym owners. This has really been our specialty since I published my first article in the CrossFit Journal around you know, 2009. And Anastasia is going to talk about the updated research on the power of moments and, and how to make people achieve micro goals and earn badges and all that kind of stuff too. Then after lunch, we're going to get into affinity marketing, which is the step-by-step process of attracting the best possible clients to your gym and working from low-hanging fruit. So warm leads, people who already have a great connection at your gym. We all know that organic reach or peer-to-peer word-of-mouth marketing is the most powerful, but passively sitting and waiting for that to happen is not a strategy. It's a wish. So we're going to learn how to make that happen without asking your clients to like, Oh, go find five of your friends, talk about it at your party, and I'll give you 20% off. That doesn't work. We're going to talk about what does work. Then uh, John Franklin and Mateo Lopez are going to take the stage and talk about funnel marketing. So they're going to go all the way to the other end and tell you how to build a successful Facebook campaign leading to funnels and how it's actually helped their gyms. They're going to show you some very, very wide open statistics on numbers of people in their gyms, revenues. You know, nobody's ever been transparent like this in the fitness industry before when it comes to marketing and ad spend. Then Teresa Smith will take the stage from Four Time Design and she'll talk about how to build a lot of this stuff on your own website. So that it's a DIY presentation about landing pages. You can bring a laptop, you can actually work along with her and she's going to have a website horror story, which is going to be sweet. Uh, she'll bring somebody up and put them in the hot seat and walk them through like very simple steps that they can take to fix their website and you can actually work along with them as they're going. Uh, at four o'clock, we're going to have that mentor panel. The top mentors in the world will be there and you can ask any question you want of this panel and get some slightly diverse opinions. Um, these guys are all highly trained, two brain mentors. They're all gym owners themselves and they've, they've got a lot of experience. 
that's the owner's side. There's actually two tracks to the weekend. So while the owners are learning on one side, coaches are learning on another. They're going to start Saturday with Brian Alexander's Roadmap to Success. He's going to tell them how to make a career in the fitness industry under your umbrella. He's going to give them a tool that will let them plan uh, to make the money that they want to make while still working at your business. Then Aleko is going to come in and tell them how to build a successful and profitable weightlifting program in their gym. Jay Rhodes is going to come in and teach them how to teach weightlifting in an effective but still fun way uh, that appeals to like your everyday client. JL Holdsworth is an outside expert who will be coming and talking about RPR, which is uh, his very trainable, very uh, quick to learn system for warming up central nervous system and peripheral nervous system. Before I tried this, Dave Tate told me that it added 100 pounds to his squat immediately. That sounds hard to believe, uh, but he swears by it. I tried it out when I was at Dave Tate's Summit in Cleveland, and it works. It's amazing. Uh, then Buffy Schoner, who is a coach at CrossFit Steel Creek, is going to talk about her sales process to other coaches. We thought it was better to hear this coming from a coach. Jeff Berlingame will then step in and teach them how to sell more personal training to build up their book of business under your uh, umbrella. And then we'll have a coaches panel of all our coaches from the weekend talking and answering questions. Saturday night, we're going to have a massive barbecue by Garner Tullis. This guy is like a champion barbecue expert. We're going to have the annual Two Brain 2018 award ceremony. Uh, you don't want to miss that. You want to see who the best gyms in the world are. On Sunday morning, on the owner's side, Jeff Smith will talk about family and work balance and how to integrate the two. Uh, there really is no such thing as balance. There's just integration. And Jeff's going to talk about how to do that without going nuts or missing family time. Then Garner Tullis is going to talk about Love and Logic, his program for increasing effective communication in families. Then Josh Price, the big bearded giant, will talk about increasing average revenue per member. Josh has an amazingly successful gym in D.C. with 160 members. This guy is a shining example of high-value clients instead of high headcount, and he's going to tell you how he did it. Then he's going to give you a breakout session so that you can work on the same thing. After lunch, Brian Alexander will talk about his new staffing model. He's going to talk about lessons learned from having over 30 coaches between two gyms. He's going to talk about how to identify and put people in the right seats. Nicola Coyne will then step in on the owner's side and talk about nutrition programs, how to add this really important revenue stream to your gym. If you've been listening to this podcast, you'll know first Greg Glassman said it last year, then Nicole said it, I've been saying it, nutrition is really the foundation of fitness, and if you're not running a nutrition program in your gym, you're really only offering half the coin. After that, John Briggs from Insight Tax and Brian Alexander are going to uh, lead a session on how to pay yourself. This is partially profit first uh, tactics, it's partially mindset, and it's partially how to get out of the founder stage and into the tinker phase, which is you're turning your business into a cash flow asset and making sure that you get paid first. Then Jay Williams is going to step up. So Sunday night, Jay is really our closer, and this is the guy that provokes people to action the most. Jay's a senior mentor. He's been with Two Brains since its founding in 2016, uh, and even before that as a client. Jay leads a lot of our new initiatives at Two Brain. He starts new projects and sees them through to the end. He's a real starter. He's a real action taker. He's the guy that will make you pull the trigger, and so we save him for last on Sunday night. On the coach's side Sunday, Gretchen Bredemeyer is going to talk about how to build an effective kids program, including, of course, like the programming, but also 
the marketing and the retention of kids over the course of the year and what you should expect and how to optimize it. Then Haley Campbell uh, is going to be here coming down from Canada to talk about Ignite Gym, which is a behavioral and cognitive program specializing in special populations like kids with autism, kids with behavioral challenges. She's going to talk about what that program entails, the lessons that she's learned that will apply to every client, not just those in the Ignite program, and also how to build that kind of program successfully in your gym if you want to. One of our headliners will take the stage for the coaches after lunch. That's Nate Holiday of The Level Method. And he's talking about power of moments, about creating a roadmap to success for your clients, showing them incremental process uh, through the belt system that he's developed for CrossFit gyms, The Level Method. It's amazing. Then Lacey Rhodes will step in. She's going to talk about how to coach gymnastics in a meaningful way in your gym. Lacey was at the Pan Am Games for weightlifting. She's also a, a former gymnast. Uh, she's an amazing athlete. She's been to the CrossFit Games. But what's really important is that the people at her gym want to learn gymnastics. They want to take this specialty. That's not the case in most gyms. And then Lindsay McDonald will take the stage from Healthy Steps, and she'll talk about how to run nutrition challenges and how to build a nutrition practice under the owner's umbrella uh, that can really support a coach in their career too. And she's going to talk about her experience doing it in a gym as a coach. After that, Josh Martin will start with developing relationships. Josh is a relationship expert who owns CrossFit for Glory. He's going to talk to coaches about how to foster meaningful long-term relationships with your clients. And finally, Craig Heisel, uh, one of the real hits from last year's summit, is going to talk to coaches about staying in the game and, and how to stick with this without getting burned out and always feeling happy and you know how to overcome the stress and fatigue in their in their career. I think this is a really important topic to end on because coaches leave their fitness career for the wrong reasons. They run out of money or they're exhausted or they're not seeing enough time spending time with their family or they just get bored of having the same conversation day after day. That was certainly me. And Craig is going to tell them how to supersede all that and keep changing lives. So that's my one minute overview of the summit that took 10 minutes. Uh, but it's important to know what topics are going to be there. If you can't make it to CrossFit Illumin June 2nd and 3rd, we're going to try to make some of these videos available to you or we'll, we'll sell them on our website afterward. But it's more important that you're there to do the interaction, to do the exercises and to meet us in person. Now, on to the thief phase. Over the last few weeks, I've been talking about the different phases of entrepreneurship, starting with the founder phase in which you're just getting going with your idea or you're introducing an idea to a new audience. Your goal is just kind of break even and pay yourself a little bit. And it's okay that you're working 60 or 70 hours. But as time goes on, your role changes and you go from buying yourself a job to actually building a real business. And we call that the farmer phase. And eventually that business will turn into a cash flow asset that mostly runs itself. And you'll have a choice what you want to do with your time. Some of us want to go coach and that's brilliant. The back end of the business runs itself. You get to coach and you still make a great career and make a great career for others. Some of us want to have a cash flow asset. We only want to just go work out at our gym and let the sucker run itself. That's me. And then we also want to build on that. We might want to start another business. We might want to buy a building. We might want to create a legacy project or just dedicate our time to serving others. That's me. And we call that the tinker phase. And I talked about that last week on the podcast. But there's actually a fourth phase and this is called the thief phase. And we're not talking about stealing other people's ideas. We're not talking about becoming an international jewel thief or starting a career in crime. We're talking about what do you do 
when your idea has reached a nexus. Here's what started me on this phase. In late 2016, my business was doing great. I was earning more money than I would ever need from a combination of Catalyst and Ignite and Two Brain. And I said, why am I pushing so hard? You know, why am I still getting up at 4 a.m. to write? Why am I publishing so much content? I don't really need to work this hard anymore. And literally the next thought that entered my mind was I need a new mentor because we all know from the gym industry to entrepreneurship that if you're not pushing, if you're just trying to maintain, you're going to go backwards. There's no room for complacency in what we do. The second that you become an entrepreneur, you give up your right to rest you give up your right to just sit idly by and wait for things to happen. You give up your right to be a victim in the words of Craig Heisel. So when you get into the thief phase, basically what you've got is you're at the quote unquote retirement point. You've already reached perfect day. Your big idea has reached fruition. Maybe you've cashed out. You're probably at over $5 million a year and you're focused on your contribution and you're focused on relationships. So the goal of the thief phase is really to say, who can I partner with? How can I take my original idea and make it better by shifting it to a new audience, tweaking it a tiny little bit to make it work for them, or combining it with another big idea so that the whole is more than the sum of its parts. And today I'm going to talk about how to know when you're in that thief phase and what to do when you are. But first, I want to start with the story of Robin Hood. Robin Hood was the cousin of the King of England. And when the King went away to fight in one of his, you know, holy crusades, his brother took over the throne and he started really just kind of robbing the countryside through taxation. So he'd send the sheriff of Nottingham around and, and the sheriff would collect taxes uh, that really impoverished everybody. And he was pretty brutal. The Disney version of Robin Hood shows him maybe throwing people on the ground or kicking mud on them. Uh, but in the original story, the Sheriff of Nottingham would hang people if they couldn't meet their tax burden. Robin Hood was kind of this folklore hero uh, who lived in the forest with his band of merry men. And he was constantly, you know, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. In the thief phase of entrepreneurship, we're not talking about stealing anything. But what we are talking about is moving assets and resources from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration. So just like in the Robin Hood story, he was moving wealth from an area of high concentration, you know, the king's stockade, to an area of low concentration, poor villagers. We are taking an idea either to a new market that hasn't seen it before or to partner with another idea that will make it even greater. How do you know when you're in the thief phase of your business? Well, you've been through the tinker phase. The tinker phase is what a lot of entrepreneurs would call the valley of death. For the first time ever, they're hiring experts or specialists from outside their business to come in and really run the show for them. Uh, they're hiring people probably ahead of the cash flow necessary to pay them. And uh, you know, if you're a fan of the Traction book series, you'll know that these roles are usually high-end roles like chief operating officer, chief financial officer, and chief of marketing and sales. And the tinker is hiring these people for the first time. They're making a big bet. These are not uh, cheap roles to fill. They're probably not going to be filled by one of your members. You're going to have to pay somebody from outside to come in. And you're also reducing the time that you spent working on the business even to the point where you only get reported to by three to five people a day. The business really runs itself. 
Now, a lot of tinkers will actually start a second business or a third business, and they'll, they'll kind of build this complementary empire. So you might have a gym, but you might also have a meal prep service, and you might have like a meal delivery service. And maybe you've got like a remote van that drives around the city and uh, delivers workouts to kids or something like that. You've got this kind of multi-stage business with, with several legs on the chair. What happens when that empire runs itself is when you enter the thief phase. Now, all the way through your entrepreneurial journey, if you're working with a two-brain mentor, you've been taught to have a service goal. So we hold people accountable, not just to the profitability of their gym, but also to the amount of service that they're offering their community and also to their personal health and fitness. But when you get to the thief phase, that contribution or legacy project becomes way more important. So we go from how do you support yourself to how do you support your family and your staff to how do you make sure that you live long enough to enjoy it to how do you make a lasting multi-generational impact on your community. In many cases, this might mean setting up a foundation that's going to you know, donate to charity for a long time. Some people might make a significant one-time donation to a university. They might set up a bursary fund. They might build the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and they might partner with somebody to deliver AIDS vaccine or AIDS medication in Africa. And this is really what I'm talking about. The ultimate goal for the entrepreneur is to get to this stage where your life's work is leverageable to create a meaningful impact. The fulcrum of that lever is usually money. Bill's, you know, IBM uh, empire, that's not really going to change life in a Kenyan remote village. You know, maybe he can deliver them computers and that's awesome, but what they actually need right now are vaccines. However, he earned so much money by selling computers uh, in the Western hemisphere, mostly, that now he can take that money and use that to buy vaccines for other people. So money is actually the fulcrum for most of us. In the fitness industry though, we have another interesting fulcrum and that is the delivery of our service. It's very, very tempting for the gym owners that I know especially the CrossFit gym owners, to want to give their service away to people in need, to have like a free version of their service that goes to kids who can't afford it. Uh, maybe to go to recovering alcoholics or drug addicts, maybe to go to veterans. And these are all very, very worthy causes. The problem is that for most people, they don't make any money themselves and they're usually giving something away. They care so much that they actually martyr themselves to serve other people first. While that's admirable, from an emotional standpoint, maybe even from a religious one, it's not admirable from a business standpoint. You're actually minimizing your overall effect and long-term legacy by sabotaging yourself in the, in the early phases of your business. What I've found and what you'll see duplicated over and over and over again is that you have so much more power when your business is successful and profitable and paying you that the power that you have to donate your time when you're not making any money is infinitesimally smaller. So, you know, maybe if you've got a gym and you've got 80 members and you're breaking even, you can donate one hour a week and that's cool. But when you get to this stage, the tinker phase, the thief phase, the business is profitable, you've got more money than you need. This is really where you can make an actual impact. And instead of just, you know, dedicating your time or volunteering or running a, a MRF challenge once a year, you can actually afford to spend thousands of dollars helping kids. You can actually, you know, pay for a family's groceries when they need it. You can easily uh, send somebody away to school. 
and you know, hanging around with Greg Glassman for a long time, I've seen the, this evolution of thought in CrossFit. I was part of the CrossFit for Hope Foundation for a long time, and I, I thought this would be Greg's legacy. But what we really found there was that we were better off identifying cases where you know, $10,000 could make an immediate and meaningful impact in somebody's life instead of fundraising $2.5 million for a charity that raises billions every year. Like, you know, St. Jude might be an example. So the way that you deliver your legacy is really up to you, you know, and I've, I've seen this change in CrossFit and the foundation. They're doing very worthy work. They're supporting like 15, 18 different charities now, but the way that they support them is not to host an annual CrossFit for Hope or a Fight Gone Bad fundraiser anymore. It's to bring all these charities together to brainstorm, to get some, some business coaching and to lend CrossFit's 501c3 status or CrossFit's foundational director's wisdom to all of these. So the way that you set up a legacy project could just be money. It could also be sharing your knowledge, or it could be that you have so much free time and energy that you can share you know, your business for free, maybe with some people, but not until you get to the thief phase. I'll give you another example. Last year, I inherited this team of hockey misfits. These little kids, my son was on the team, a lot of rural parents, they were not going to drive an hour into the city to do CrossFit kids. They were not going to pay for CrossFit kids, but the kids needed to do something all summer. We were going into a higher level hockey league than these kids had ever played in before. A lot of them were in great shape. They're all farm kids. You know, they spent most of the day outside, but they weren't in hockey shape. And so what we did was just a free hockey workout every Wednesday night at my house. We actually have a rink at my house. We have a full gym and all kinds of stuff. But So we'd bring these kids in. And we would volunteer and eventually more and more kids started showing up to the point where we got to about 20. So we had the players on the team and then a lot of their older sisters. Well, this year, instead of donating everything that I can, you know, instead of volunteering to coach the team and donating all, you know, a bunch of equipment and jerseys and warm-up suits and, and paying for groceries and hotel rooms and stuff for families that couldn't afford it. What I'm going to do this year is sponsor a CrossFit Kids program in these rural areas and um, we've already hired staff for it. Of course, we have the equipment. She's taking a course right now to become certified. Uh, so this will be completely insured. We'll send her down to all these small communities and she'll run CrossFit Kids. That's my legacy project, is helping kids find themselves through exercise and sport as I did. That's the kind of thing that you can do when $20,000 doesn't change your life. If you're still in a phase where $20,000 will make a huge impact on your life, you're not ready to do this yet, but we're going to get you there. The next big point of interest in the thief stage of entrepreneurship is the combination of projects. So for example, we've been mentoring gym owners now. I've been mentoring gym owners since 2012, 2013. So that's been about six years. More and more, what we're finding is that dentists and accountants and uh, hairstylists and fashion consultants are being drawn to two-brain business because they understand that the principles apply across all service industries. So my thief project might actually be to move our knowledge bank and our data for best practices from an area of high concentration, the gym industry, to an area of low concentration, the dental industry, the chiropractic industry, where there really isn't a combination of the data set that we have and also the philosophy of help first. These things are lacking. So in the thief phase, that might actually be my project. 
what you see in the tech space is usually an acquisition. So, you know, maybe Microsoft sees this small tech startup uh, and they've developed a new way to store information, musical information in a digital file as an MP3. And so Microsoft steps in and they say, hey, we'd like to buy you out because we want to own this technology. And suddenly you've gone from uh, basically a programmer to Mark Cuban. This is kind of what happened with him. And so you're entering the, the thief phase and you're still moving your technology from an area of high concentration, but low, low sharing, low bandwidth to an area of slightly lower concentration, but very broad reach. And so this is another way that thief phase might work for you. If the thief phase sounds kind of vague to you right now, that's okay. You don't need to know exactly where you're going in your business. If you're in the founder phase right now, thief might seem like, oh, that's not going to happen to me for another 15, 20 years. And that's fine. I just want you to know what's possible at that phase. I want you to be inspired by some of these high level stories of you know men and women who have built their business to a point where they can afford to decide, do I want to spend $20,000 on helping kids? Yeah, no problem. It's not going to make a dent in my life. Uh, but it is going to greatly improve my happiness and their lives and leave me a legacy. So this is kind of that, that end goal, that 600-pound deadlift, that sub-six-minute mile that you need to know is out there, even if you know you're not going to reach it in the next two years or so. The other components of the thief phase would basically be partnerships. You're going to need to talk to other people at your level. Uh, it's mentorship. You're going to need somebody who has achieved what you've achieved already or you're just going to become bored and complacent. It's very easy when you reach this phase to say, I've got way more money than I ever need. I can afford to donate to charity. I'm gonna buy an island in the South Pacific and just sit there. That is not the path to happiness. And that's what all of this comes back to. Founder, farmer, tinker, thief is not really about the pursuit of good business. It's about the pursuit of a good life. And so in the founder phase, we're basically mentoring you on having a job. In this farmer phase, we're mentoring you on turning that job that you bought for yourself into a business. In the tinker phase, we're mentoring you on turning that business into a cash flow asset and creating a meaningful life for the entrepreneur. And in the thief phase, what we're talking about is a multi-generational legacy that brings you to happiness, self-actualization. At that stage, you're not engaged in the business at all very much anymore. You might talk to three to five people every day who basically run your empire. You've probably got multiple levels of management between you and the front line. You're not making the donuts anymore. You're not scheduling the people who make the donuts anymore. You're not even teaching people how to make donuts anymore. You're not even running the university that teaches people how to make donuts anymore. At this stage, the dean of your donut university might send you an email once a week. Or you might meet with the people who manage Donuts Inc. You know, once a week on Monday mornings or something. And the rest of your time is spent working on new partnerships, working on your legacy, and working on service. That's the thief phase. What we're announcing at the summit next weekend, though, I'm going to give you a sneak peek, is a new tinker group. We did not expect when we founded Two Brain Business that gyms would get so profitable so fast and, and be so successful that the owners would want to say, what's next? We thought that might happen maybe about five years in. You know, we'd get these gyms, they'd be profitable. The owners would say, that's awesome. You know, I'm making money now. I'm spending time with my kids. I'm coaching. I'm taking a rest. But what we didn't bank on and we should have foreseen is that most of our clients own gyms. They're driven. They're type A. They want to know the next thing. Awesome. 
check the box. This gym is profitable. It's a cash flow asset. Now what am I going to do? They're going after the next opportunity or the next level faster than most entrepreneurs would. That's incredible to see. It, it fills me with joy. And these guys are starting to ask what's next. And that's the tinker phase. And so at the summit next weekend, we've invited a group of about a dozen very high level gym owners to talk about what's, what's their next project. You know, how are they going to be healthy? How are they going to develop cash flow assets? How are they going to retire? How are they going to move into this next level? How are they going to get through this valley of death that comes from adding a layer of management and hiring experts from outside for the first time? And how are they going to fund all of that? If you think maybe I'm already in this tinker phase, you know, my gym runs itself. I don't have to coach. I've got more than enough money. We'll give you the opportunity to take the tinker test uh, after the summit. And if you're going to the CrossFit Games this year, I'll be speaking in their SME booth for about 45 minutes. I'll give you an opportunity to take the test there to see what phase you're in. Um, I'll also be doing a book signing at the Games this year. Um, so come and meet me there too. And I'll give you a way to test into which phase of mentorship you qualify for. If you know that you're nowhere near the tinker phase, that is absolutely fine. The founder phase, the farmer phase, we've got these things dialed right now. We've been offering an ROI guarantee on these for two years. We know what to do to get you to the next stage and level up. We know how to teach it step by step. And we've done it with people who've been there. They've been in your shoes. They've been in the trenches. So up next on the show, I'm going to share a CrossFit story. I love doing this uh, every single week. It's a gym owner who's entered uh, the Two Brain family, and they're going to share what they've learned with their host, Greg Stroh. This episode is brought to you by Healthy Steps Nutrition. I first met Nicole over a year ago when one of my favorite CrossFit affiliates introduced me to her because Nicole was helping them, Sam Broomenshankle at CrossFit Port Orange, start a nutrition program in her box. And that conversation turned into something larger. A year later, Nicole has a fantastic bolt-on nutrition program that you can add to your box anywhere in the world. So if you're thinking, I need to start presenting better nutrition information to my clients, or I need a new revenue stream, or I want to know more about nutrition, but I don't know where to get started, Healthy Steps has that. What they're going to do is put you, or one of your coaches even better, through a course, get them qualified to start teaching nutrition, then they're going to add you to a private Facebook group. They're going to give you a rollout so that you can do a nutrition challenge at your gym, which more than pays for the cost of enrolling them in the course, and then provide an ongoing mentorship program for your nutrition program so that you can continue to run things for your clients, like a nutrition accountability plan every month like we do at Catalyst. Nicole is a fantastic person, and after launching Healthy Steps Nutrition Online, she actually opened up her own box. She's working with some massive clients, including some big, big school boards across the country now, and she's in a great position to actually change people's lives with nutrition. You can be a conduit for that. Your clients need nutrition advice and counseling. Healthy Steps is the best possible solution to this. It's bolt-on. You can take a coach who's passionate about nutrition and give them the help they need to start a program overseen by a registered dietitian, Nicole Marchand. Healthy Steps Nutrition is a proud sponsor of Two Brain, and I am so glad to have them. Nicole will be speaking at our summit in Chicago, June 3rd and 4th this year. You do not want to miss her. 
every week on this episode, we are going to share a story from the Two Brain family. So a gym, a gym owner, sometimes maybe their staff that has either had something that they struggled with or have been very successful in something so that we can share with the community and uh, get those stories out there because we all have those things happen in us, in our gyms, in our lives. So I definitely want to get that out there. So Shelly, tell me a little bit about the gym and then let's jump into your story. Well, we've been an affiliate, uh, Get Mean CrossFit, now Rising Strong Fitness, I think for five years now, but I started in my garage about eight years ago. Um, had one garage, then started in a second garage. Um, so all together, about three years in a garage, opened up in the fall of 2013, where we're at now. Um, and we've been affiliated, I guess, for, for five years. So, But I've been a trainer since 2006, since I got out of the Army. So I've been coaching personal training for quite some time now. Excellent. Excellent. So let's, uh, let's get into this story. I've been working with you, of course, and I definitely want to get this story out there that you shared with myself and uh, you actually shared with Chris as well. Oh man, where to start? So let's get into it. (laughs) Well, I got hooked into the Ignite program before I ever started with TubeBrain. So um, before we started with TubeBrain, we had a couple um, recommend TubeBrain to us. Um, back in September of last year, but we didn't do it until, I don't know, February or March of this year. But as I was researching whatnot, um, before we started, I found Ignite and I was like, oh crap, like this is it. Uh, This is what I've always wanted to do. I have fought like being a personal trainer my whole life because I don't want to do the hours that are required to be a coach um, because I want to have a family. So I've tried to, I've applied to my MSW and counseling degree three times, been accepted, never gone. And then earlier this year, maybe January, February, I was like, okay, Ryan, Ryan's my husband. I'm going to apply again in the fall and I'm going to start. I'm going to get rid of the business. I'm going to be a counselor. I'm just going to do it. Um, but the, I don't know. I was started researching Two Brain and started getting all the emails. And then it said something to, I don't know. I just realized that I couldn't stop what I was doing. I had to be successful in what I was doing. And then I found Ignite. And so Ignite is something I'm hoping that will get me to where I want to be as far as being a therapist and helping other people. So I found Ignite. Now I've just finished the fourth module or whatever it is in Ignite. Um, But when I started it, I heard Chris or one of the instructors talk about uh, Spark, the book by John Rady. And I've heard Chris mentioned it in a podcast or in some email. And so I was like, okay, I got to purchase the book. I have to listen to it. Um, And this was as I was doing Ignite. And then I decided because of the book and because of Ignite that I was going to try to come off of my antidepressant. So for those who don't know, I get Spark is all about how exercise basically can, it just increases all those chemicals in your brain, similar to what an antidepressant would do. I think John Rady says in his book, like a little bit of exercise is, or exercise is just like taking a little bit of Prozac or Ritalin. Or, um, Ritalin. So I listened to about half the book, and then I made the decision that I'm going to finally come off my antidepressant. I've been on my antidepressant, gosh, for 10 plus years for postpartum depression, and I've tried three other times to come off of it because I don't need to be on it, but it's very difficult to come off an antidepressant. For anybody who's tried, I'm sure they know the process that you go through with that, Um, and after the third time, I just was like, nope, this is it. My body's changed. I have to do this. I can't not be on it. Um, but then literally about two weeks ago, I decided to come off of it. Um, and I'm not fully off of it cause you have to be weaned off, but I'm on my lowest dose that I've been on, um, in 10 years. And so far I'm seeing great results, but what I am doing differently that I haven't done in the past is I'm exercising more. I mean, I already exercise, 
but I'm increasing cardio. So the first three or four days, I think I ran twice a day just to stay sane. But um, it wasn't until about yesterday and, and today that I actually feel normal again. Like I feel almost stabilized on the dose that I am now. So it, it's probably good. I probably can lower the dose. Um, I also am not having some of the symptoms that I've had in the past. Um, a lot of times when you come off an antidepressant, you have what they call brain zaps. Um, which are just like electrical impulses that shoot through your head. It's just like a brain shiver. Um, I haven't had a lick of that at all since I've come down. And I've had it in the past before when I've like missed a dose and I've been, you know, just because that happens and I'll feel it instantly. Like it takes less than 12 hours to get a brain zap and I haven't, I haven't had a single one. And I don't know if that's because I've increased my cardio. I'm doing far more cardio than I have in years, but that's okay. For right now, anyways, that's okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's where I'm at with Ignite. I love it. I also did tell Chris about, you know, having foster kids. So I've been a foster parent for two, three years, and I've successfully got them both off of meds. Uh, I didn't have Ignite at the time, but I knew it's something that I didn't necessarily believe in at that age. Don't get me wrong. I think meds have their place. They have their purpose. Um, but just everything that I've learned about trauma with kids, because I've had to learn a lot about trauma, having foster kids. And so, which is another reason why I like Ignite, because my goal is to work in the foster care system and to help kids with trauma and to fix it naturally, as opposed to here, here's a bunch of meds. Because I think, I know my first foster daughter, she's been on, she was on four meds, I think, when she started. Uh, my other foster daughter, I think, was on five. I don't know. And I, they have a sibling, too, who comes and visits occasionally. And he's on I think he's on a whole bunch of meds. I think five plus meds that he takes throughout the day. Wow. And Ryan and I, when he was visiting the last, we both agreed that there's just something different about him than there is the other two. And that the meds actually, they just make them a different person when they're on those meds. And we didn't think it was necessarily a healthy thing. But if I can, I don't know change the world through exercise and medicine, then that's what I want to do, <laughs> I guess, essentially. So I think that's pretty much what I told Chris for the most part. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's huge. And I think that's what we're all doing as box owners is, is we want people to, to get off that medication when they're allowed to, of course, right. with doctor supervision. Right. Um, but in your case, when you, what made you decide those first couple times that caused you to actually go back? What made you decide that you wanted to come off those, those, the medications? The, the first, my first few times that I tried to come off just cause I'm not depressed for the most part. And I don't, I don't want to be tied to any meds. I'm more, I think more just want to be more natural about it. Um, there's so many side effects when you're on, I don't care what medicine it is. Even my antidepressant has caused me, I think now, knowing what I know now, has caused me to go on high blood pressure meds. So I'm on high blood pressure meds, which is, for me, will be my next step after I'm off the antidepressant, just to see if there's a difference. Because I haven't been on high blood pressure meds, but maybe four or five years, I don't even know. But it is a side effect of the antidepressant that, I, that I'm on, but I can't say one way or the other. It's just, it's hard to believe that I have high blood pressure considering what I do on a daily basis, but it is hereditary as well. So um, I'm curious to see if that's, if there's a difference, difference there. So after I come off, off the antidepressant, so yeah. Gotcha. So you, so you, there was plenty of times you said, what, three or four times now that yeah. you've tried to come off 
yep. um, and kind of had to go back. And now you've you've been off them completely two weeks. You've increased your cardio and basically through the Ignite program, which yes. you weren't doing for yourself. No. You were doing it to, to help others has kind of right. taught you a lesson to, to helping right. you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, it's, it's to help all those foster kids essentially is where all that lies with Ignite. Um, for the most part and people with trauma, but, but yeah, but I think that's a lot about how life works. <laughs> so even two brain and having my foster kids in general has answered a whole bunch of my prayers that I've prayed for, for many times. And that wasn't what I was looking for when I became a foster parent, I wanted to be a mom again, but a lot, whole bunch of prayers have been answered. It's kind of the same way with two brain. There's, it all kind of fits in that puzzle, I guess it j it just all kind of fits together, one thing after the other. That's that could be a really long story. <laughs> I could go into okay. some huge depth. Yeah, I think I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. And I think I, first off, I, I definitely thank you for being able to share that story because I know it probably wasn't easy, especially with something like antidepressants, because society has told us something else, and especially with mental health, that it's such okay. a a stigma and if you have an issue you automatically assume you're put into this box and so I know it's very hard to kind of share that but with the community but I know it's something that a lot of other gym owners and other people in the two brain family and outside of the two brain family that are going through this and they need to understand that there are ways out it doesn't mean that you need to cold turkey of course off this medication no. um, that is definitely <laughs> not not it but through guidance through a doctor that exercise can definitely help and you can get to a point where hopefully that that medication can come off because it does have a purpose and it does have right. a point but long term was never its purpose or its point um, right. for the majority of people I believe and so I think that's awesome I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up is there anything else you want to say to uh, any of the other gym owners of two brain family I don't think so <laughs> I have my Sounds new love good. of my life <laughs> two brain <laughs> <laughs> two brain Sorry, excellent Ryan. so Shelly, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Again, if there's anybody else that's watching or going to watch this, please comment. If you guys have a story or have something like this uh, that you want to share or know somebody that has something like a struggle or a great accomplishment that you want to share, please let me know. If you don't want to comment, you can always message me personally. Um, I'm happy to talk to you and talk to, to getting people on the schedule so that we can get people on here and, and talking about this kind of stuff. All right. Thanks awesome. again, Shelly, and uh, right, we will talk great. to you later. Thank you. All right, thanks.